Daily DVR is sponsored by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com, the men's accessories marketplace. Cufflinks.com aims to drive men to one place where they can find all the accessories they could want to elevate their look each day. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. No minimum. 2020, baby. It's a new year, and every month, Cufflinks has new amazing products, whether it's Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Disney, all that great stuff, or the sports stuff, NCAA, NBA, NFL, or, of course, the classic wearable art, the amazing high-quality Hook and Albert Oxen Bull, and, of course, their own Cufflinks.com brand. We encourage you to elevate your look when you get dressed in the morning. It helps to make you feel more confident and create your individual style. Go to Cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. What's going on, everybody? Can I get a A-OK on the mic? And thank you for showing up to this first official... Well, want to know what? I own apology to our first guest, Mr. Indeep Geek himself, who cannot actually hear me because I'm muted for him. Um, we have started. I forgot to mute myself for you guys, though. But uh, this is the second, because you technically talked about Westworld on your stream, uh, Robert. So I want to thank everybody for coming. We're going to get to all of the questions and just give uh, our perspectives and insights into what's going on and just have some good old Westworld fun. First off, the uh, man himself, Indeep Geek, like to introduce yourself and tell everybody uh, what you got going on. Hey, it's an honor and a pleasure and a delight to be here, Justin, uh, and also with these other fine gentlemen. Um, my name's Robert. If you don't know me, I have a channel called In Deep Geek, and I'm loving Westworld. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, if you're not familiar with his work, first off, what's wrong with you? Second off, uh, links will be in the information. So uh, second, we got W. Axel Foley from the other side, meaning the podcast world. Joining us from Westworld Theorycast, Daily DVR presents, and pretty much a plethora of other. How many shows are you currently uh, doing podcasts on right now? One hundred and seven. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. All right, all right. I thought it was muted. Uh, we're doing what? Mine Hunter, uh, Bachelor, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Soon, I'm going to be doing Better Call Saul with Ashaya from. Uh, West history of Westeros. So plenty of podcast. And then of course, Westworld, Westworld theory cast. When Westworld comes back, I'm excited to be here with three friends talking about this show. Sci-fi is where it's at for me. So I'm very excited for Westworld. Absolutely. Um, in last, but definitely not least hex dogma. Say hello to everybody. What's up guys. Uh, so happy to be here. Uh, fellow friends, everyone watching. Um, yeah, I'm Hex Dogma. Talk about uh, Westworld and, uh, you know, what, whatever else uh, sparks the interest of the internet. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, first off, I want to say thank you to uh, Maura Lee, who gave a super chat before the stream even started. Uh, no refunds. I just can't. I can't even technically do it. So, uh, thank you so much for having faith in the product. And uh, you actually had a question as well that I think is only correct. We jumped to right away. Um, you said you are interested in how Westworld deals with the topic of sentience, comparing and contrasting Westworld with movies and TV shows like Blade Runner, Star Trek, 
the next generation. I thought it was going to be Degrassi, the next generation. Sorry. Uh, Lieutenant Commander Data in Star Trek Picard. How they deal with the subject of androids and sentience, androids' rights, etc. Do they have any rights versus human rights? Can androids grow past their human or their original programming to become more sentient? And if the hosts in the park do, are uh, in what it, if the hosts in the park uh, do actually get past sentience? Sorry, what does that mean for their human guests? I would love to hear a discussion around this topic. Can the host become a danger to humans? And if so, how do the human guests? protect themselves other than just shutting them down blade runner in the two star trek shows also um try to answer this very uh topic and so i would love to hear from you guys thank you thank you um i will pass this along fairly quickly uh to the great minds here i will say that um blade runner is the only property that i'm familiar with uh that you've listed other than Westworld, obviously that'd be an issue. Uh, so Westworld and Blade Runner handle it very similar. And then they do depart, uh, simply put Westworld deals with sentience in the sense of pain and memory is what is really, um, makes you self-aware. Uh, Blade Runner is about memories as well, but more about, uh, than pain, just about connection. Um, you know, the theme throughout Blade Runner of reaching out and touching the rain and having physical touch with, um, which they do with a blind character, of course, to, to show the importance of, uh, touch feel, uh, physically as well as emotionally and have a connection, uh, in both ways. So they both take similar approaches, uh, to sentience. But again, I think it's, it's very vague, um, as far as, you know, sentience is something that we named, we claimed and uh, all those boxes that you need to check to have it are boxes that we, you know, catered for us and it's, it's, it's been cultivated around us. Um, I think we, this is like a three parter. So I'd like to get W Axel Foley's take on sentience in these other properties as well. Cause I think you are a Star Trek guy, right? Axel. Yeah, definitely. I like what you said about pain and the understanding of, of sentience or really what it means to be human through the understanding of the experience of pain and loss. And that's so central and tantamount to Westworld. And it becomes something that's a part of Data's journey in Star Trek. And now we're learning more about that in Picard. I've only seen the first episode. I thought it was okay. I love being in the world, but it felt very, uh, it was like too fast for me. That's my short review. But I got to check out the next couple episodes. Um, but I think that's an interesting point to make is, is how they deal with it. As far as Blade Runner, I think that's a large part of it too. So I think Westworld is more closely relatable to Blade Runner in that sense because so much of it is about how, like you remember Rutger Hauer just kind of stating how like humans just like use them and throw them off and don't think that they can be anything more even though they're the ones that created them. And I guess that's the question we're going to find out. The second part of the question, what happens? That's what we're going to see in season three of Westworld is that Dolores has escaped this world of pain, this like seven circles of hell to get to the real world and how we're going to deal with it. And and we're, we're kind of learning. I think we're getting hints 
with these um, this ARG or this kind of these little trailers and that corporation that they mentioned recently, where we're going to get little hints of how in the real world um, AI or sentient like cyborg like people even have integrated into society. And that's actually what I'm most interested in with Westworld is to see how they even differentiate more because I think we're going to see humans that have been augmented mm-hmm. and where does that go? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Is that, is that where we meet? <laughs> and do they beat? Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. I think that, yeah, it's important to take note that these shows are about what it is to be human and what being a, a human is because by definition, if we want to deny somebody personhood, your next point that we're going to jump to Robert with asking about, um, you, you cite here about a time, uh, you know, Android rights that, that, that would be considered personhood. Personhood is, uh, when you have the legal, rights that uh, a conscious being has. Uh, Now even some corporations have personhood, meaning they can be, uh, it was mostly for legal reasons, but has now been adapted, uh, that law has been adapted for autonomous beings and uh, Android and stuff. It's very interesting stuff. But um, yeah, we're going to take this over to InDeep Geek Robert over there, and if you have anything on the connections with Blade Runner and Westworld, of course, uh, and moving it along to, to you know, uh, what does it mean to deny rights to these uh, beings? Do you think that they deserve rights and so forth, and where do you see it going within the series? Yeah, I think I think this is this is pretty central to where Westworld's going. My take is, I've not watched Star Trek card yet so i i don't know where they're taking it there uh the the character of data was very much this aspiring to be human aspiring to have sentience that's that's a thing which is to be valued a thing which is to be sought after blade runner takes a slightly different slant uh blade runner kind of asks the question does it matter does it matter if you're human or you're, you're uh, a replicant? Does it matter if you're, you're an android or, or, or what? What, what? What's the thing that actually matters? What's the thing that gives you value? And, and I think that is where we're heading with season three to a certain extent. And I think uh, Axel was making a fantastic point about augmented humanity. Because when you get um, not just humans versus uh, non-humans but you also get these kind of like humans plus and you get um uh, you you get the hosts but they're not just hosts they are suddenly they're they're very human like what is it that actually gives something a, a a person value and i think that is what we're going to start exploring and i think you get uh, the the hosts coming out into the real world, particularly Dolores, she's going to suddenly realise that this is not what she thought it was going to be. The people that she's met so far are not typical of the people out in the real world. And perhaps they're being manipulated, and I know we're going to get onto algorithmic determinism later on, but they're being manipulated every bit as much as the hosts were within the park. So what is it that is the value of the the the, the creature, the the being? Uh, is is it who they are? 
Is it the fact that they are self-aware? Is it the fact that they simply exist? And these are the kinds of questions I think we're going to be asking here in season three. Absolutely. Yeah. In the merging of tech, yeah. The, what happens when it comes to the point of so many um, of these of these actual tech aspects being integrated into humans uh, as implants and so forth, the, the blurry line, it becomes harder and harder. It shouldn't be what it means to be human. It should be who just deserves to be treated with some decency. Uh, Hex, what do you have to say about all this? So uh, a few things. First off, um, just to go way back to the beginning, uh, your intro was amazing, by the way. Uh, great work on that. Thank you. Um, uh, actually, th- this idea of, of bringing up um, uh, or placing chips in your brain, right? Uh, or and I'm sorry, uh, of augmentation. I've always I've had this thought about, um, you know, if I could put a microchip in my brain that would just do all calculations for me. Um, would I do that? Right. Like if you could 100% without any uncertainty that, that it would be wrong, could you just have a microchip in your brain that would do math far beyond what anyone could do? And I think most people would like, I, I see, you know, given that there is no foreseeable downside, I think that most people would accept that augment, uh, that augmentation. Uh, and similarly, similar, similar, Regardless, equally, <laughs> uh, with this insight company that we're seeing, um, you know, the, the trailer shows like a, a augmentation in the eye and, you know, potentially data going back, uh, you know, certain uh, little marks on that interface that show like a, a data stream that show left, right, um, you know, operational uh, data coming back. It's definitely going to create some kind of class, right? Where, you know, you have a, a human, then you have a human with this augmentation. Um, and then maybe like, I don't think that anyone's thinking that now in the, in the world and West world, uh, world now, no one's thinking that, that, you know, robots are going to be above them. Um, but I believe that at some point we're going to, to reach that point where, um, yeah, if, if they can uh, tangibly argue, sentience then uh, they will be the, the highest class and then it would be a, a power struggle if if humans even exist at that point um but you know the, and it goes along with um robert your idea of like human plus uh, and I, I think that is fascinating um the idea of um of sentience, uh, along with the original question, though, um, and kind of like how we're judging based on all of these shows, uh, I, I think I've come to uh, really accept, um, you know, this phrase, I think, therefore I am. Uh, and that was a, a philosophy of uh, uh, Rene uh, Descartes, where essentially it was just this idea that you know, there's no way to prove that you're not in a simulation. There's no way to prove that you are in between right now and dream version of you going through the exact same thing. It's impossible for us to know, but it is the idea that we can find assurance in, in our humanity because we can think about that. And because we can think about that, it proves that, you know, we are real, we're here. Um, and I, I think like, I think that that is a fascinating way to look at, at the hosts in the show because maybe that's it. You know, maybe there's these markers of like in season two, it was a big thing about changing your mind and that 
free will deterministic um, or that anti-deterministic thing of, of, you know, I can, I can make whatever choices I want. Uh, and that becomes a, a better, you know, being, but just the idea of a sentient uh, creature in, in whatever form, um, you know, maybe independence of free will is, I think, therefore I am. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we'll touch on a, a, a little bit more of that uh, later. Uh, beautifully said, it, it's especially with uh, therefore I am because we will be touching on like how we actually, you know, we don't have a our archive of, of memories in our, our brain. We, we tend to think we got a bunch of old film. We manifest memories from scratch. So it's like it goes along with that. Will it? Um, in, in how we choose to remember, you know, the pain so we can remember the people and so forth, like we see in the show, but how we, we, the ability to question a God and the ability to question our, our actual existence is what proves our existence is the philosophy, philosophy behind that. So I think it's beautiful. Now you did touch, I want to make sure this is a great question. It's got a lot of points on it. You ask about how, um, the guests uh, can be protected if the if the hosts go haywire. Now there is uh, a good Samaritan um, reflex within the hosts that are not uh, conscious, not have not been um, ascended, or you know have not become self aware. Uh, they their programming will not allow them in theory to hurt a guest. They uh, also have what's called weapons, uh, you know, restrictions and protocols that only we see this see this with the. Um, the is it the stray yeah in the stray episode four season one i believe or episode three either one uh, i think you have a an issue with a a stray host and they're the only one that can chop the wood for a fire so all the other hosts are kind of in a loop they're stuck in a narrative loop because they're not allowed to get up and chop the firewood themselves because the weapon privilege or the you know the axe privilege only to the one so there there are protocols but honestly i do think that this show does deal with that and those are kind of just like arbitrary reasons that they they put into the series but it it, it goes back to it's it's not really human versus machine it's human versus human and touching back on what all three of my excellent panelists have talked about with the human plus aspect you know it's important to take note that the, the motivation behind the actions that of the people making these hosts um are the people that have been funding it delos have been to live forever they they are creating these hosts in effort to fra- get the framework for human consciousness. So they want immortality. They they want to do it through the hosts. Uh, the hosts should work as surrogates uh, in theory for them. This is a project that we see in season two explored. So it's always interesting that these hosts, you know, it's not just these implants, which is a huge aspect. And I think definitely going to come into play, but it's also the idea of like, we're, we're trying, they're trying to use them as vessels. So the, it's very, it's, it's such a paradox because they want to dismiss their rights, uh, you know, to any humanity, but they also want to use them as a vessel for their own humanity. And it's also interesting that we, we tend to not give value to the things we create, um, meaning like Alexa over there. Don't say anything. I forgot to turn you off. Got to unplug you. Um, but, you know, <laughs> we would never believe Alexa could, you know, be anything. So I just hope to God that there, if there is a God, they don't think like we do, because most religions don't believe their God is the same as the human species. So hopefully they're not like, yeah, I made that junk down there. So they don't mean anything. It's it's quite an odd approach. Um, so yes, uh, and as far as what is going to happen now that they're out, as, as you're alluding to, how are they going to handle it? 
I think that um, I'm going to pass this on to you, Robert. What do you think we're going to see in this new setting for our, our hosts? Because they have been essentially aping mankind for quite a while now due to the very nature of their existence. Now they're going to come out and th- just even simple things like eating, they don't need to do. They're very different than humans, but they've got human behavioral traits because of the the play that they were in essentially so like how do you see them coming out do you think it's going to be a physical onslaught or something more nuanced well i mean something more nuanced i think obviously because this is westworld i I think that uh what what's that there's a few moving parts here the first one is the fact that we seem to have a five-year gap. Now, um, this is, if you get the most recent teaser trailer, the Insight teaser trailer, uh, the implication there is that the date that they've given is five years after the date that we've been told that Dolores and Co. escaped the park. So are we going to be seeing things in five years' time? Um, Is that the same timescale that we're going to be seeing things happen in the park because we've still got people like Maeve in the park um what's what's going on there so that's the first moving part um the second i think is what we saw for i think it was uh, was it comic con the, the the first sort of proper trailer when we saw bits of what Dolores was up to in the real world and some of it is of her being incredibly glamorous and in control and all the rest of it. But some of it, she seems, looks almost almost feral. Um, and it's as if she's, she's not got what she was expecting when she was there. Everything's not gone exactly to plan. Um, so I think what we're going to see is that she comes out and she is faced with something that she is not expecting and the main thing that she's going to be faced with that she's not expecting is humans are not what she was expecting because the only humans she's faced so far have been the guests the 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 elite the one percent who can afford to go into the park what she's going to find is the the vast majority the 99 percent of humanity are not like that. They are not in charge of their own destinies. They are actually perhaps signed up to this insight, which is telling them what they should be doing with their lives. So she is then going to be faced with this kind of existential crisis about, well, what do I do now? I went out with this idea of destroying humanity, and it turns out that humanity aren't what I thought they were. And then we will get this character, this Caleb character who clearly she will form some kind of bond with and he's uh, not exactly the kind of person that she's come up against before. So basically the 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 kind of feel that I'm going to get from this from Dolores' perspective and we can perhaps talk about Bernard in a moment is this cognitive dissonance. When she comes out, what she sees, what she experiences is not what everything she's had up to that point would prepare her to discover. Where are her monsters? 
Exactly. Yeah. It's always terrible when you show up to go do, you know, the, the gig and they're not the monsters you thought they were. Uh, and you got to carry it out anyways as a hitman. Uh, but no, uh, absolutely. Uh, we do have Shade of the Evening with a um, super chat. Great panel. Want opinions on Ed Harris? Yes, absolutely. And that's going to play into that five-year gap, which I am a firm believer in. And in my one of my last videos, I have the screenshot showing you. And Lisa Joy did cite as well a five-year, or not a five-year, but a, a time jump. So it would only make sense that these characters have probably been outside for a while. It wouldn't roll as well or be as smooth, I think, if the story started up with them right after we last saw them. They're probably already established within society, and, and that's a more interesting story uh, than them getting acclimated, you know, getting all the furniture moved and all that type of stuff. But um, yeah, let, I don't want to get into that yet. We're going to put that on the back burner because uh, you brought up the whole idea of, uh, you know, this merging because now the tech has went from just, okay, first off, it was first season, Ken the host. The second season, will they and how will they? Meaning, can they actually rise up? Can they be self-aware? Yes. Will they? Yes. Are they going to be able to, to accomplish this with the, uh, you know, the threat that faces them, the obstacle, the QA? Uh, yes, they did. Now they're out. Now the interesting <laughs> part of Westworld. It's not how do they get sentience, because, again, we really can't define that ourselves. We, we do, but in fairness, we can't. It's kind of what the show's about. But it's what you do with decisions once you're able to make them. It's not just getting the ability to make decisions that's interesting. It's what decisions do you make once you have them. Hacks, do you want to briefly touch on algorithmic determinism, determinism in, in what this machine next to me, which I can't say the name is, might be doing right now? Uh, yeah, well, before I think before we talk about that, I would like to talk about maybe a little more of what we'd, um, you know, are bound to see going off of um, Robert's notes. Uh, I, I wanted to bring up the idea that um, the in that trailer, we see a Dolores in a battered state. She's not in a good way, um, reaching out and seeing Aaron Paul's character, Caleb, um, you know, and, and 100 percent. I think that a bond will be formed there. And. I want to bring that up because I think that what we're going to see is that she is going to face great adversity and she's going to run into stuff that she didn't plan for. But I think one of those things um, based on on the conversation we had previously uh, is that, you know, the general maintenance of being this being is much different than the general maintenance of being human and her coding for so long being that of, you know, I need to eat, I need to go to the bathroom. I need to do all of these very human things um, being obsolete. And what she really is still comes with, you know, some kind of maintenance. Like she may not need to bathe arguably, but she may need to, um, you know, get an oil change for instance, and, and, and oil change is a terrible analogy, but, um, you know, the equivalent of that, like general maintenance. And I think that we might be seeing her in a state where she is damaged and needs, you know, perhaps a technician, um, someone who's experienced with working on these bots to kind of take care of her. And that may illuminate what what Aaron Paul's character um, is in the real world. Um, and I also want to bring up this idea that <clears throat> I do agree. And I, I th I've said this in a few videos that what we've seen in the park and the people that we've seen in the park is not representation of humanity at large. There's definitely good people out there and Dolores's kill all humanity route will probably be intercepted. Um, you know, when she comes to terms with, Hey, not all humans deserve to die just as all bots don't deserve to die. All hosts don't deserve to die. Um, 
But I think that there might be a change in her if you consider that if all of humanity could afford to go to the park, do you think that they would journey down that same path? Do you think that, you know, with that level of power and corruption and time um, that all humans would devolve to their primal urges and, you know, be these monsters that she sees they are. And as such, maybe make that switch back in her mind um, that, yeah, humanity is fucked and, and we need to take care of it. We've seen those on the top, and I think it is very likely, like you guys have all been saying, that we will see maybe a situation in which Dolores has to have another revolution, another uprising, and it might be for the humans, because I think, like we mentioned, they are, without knowing it, maybe under just as much control. And it goes both ways, just for the humans being in that very, very jeopardizing, compromising situation of of saying, oh, that's not that much different than me anymore, she will have the same situation. Um, with with this merger of tech and really just of a, a general philosophy about life and decency, right? When it, it's harder when that they're not that monster you thought. Um, yeah. Axel, did you have anything to add to this? Oh man, all these ideas are great, and I'm so glad I'm doing this and thinking about Westworld again. I wasn't even really up to speed um, with the kind of gap that we might be experiencing though. I think we may have talked about that when we did our reaction to the initial trailer. Um, but I like what everyone is saying about Dolores experiencing a different um, side to humanity. And especially with Aaron Paul joining the cast, who is such an emotive actor. I think this really goes far into this season having a deeper understanding of human suffering um, in the case of even like class warfare that you guys are hinting at and talking about in relationship to Dolores becoming kind of a freedom fighter, not only for the hosts, but for humanity in general against its oppressor, which will be, of course, the Wayland uh, lutani Corporation. <laughs> Is that what it's called? <laughs> An alien? But, yeah. uh, you know, the corporate uh, Meisters. And like we have in our, as we are uh, streaming on YouTube and uh, promoting it on Facebook, we face these same issues ourselves. And I think that headed towards kind of an end run. I think that they're looking at what two more seasons or so, maybe three of this show. I'm not sure. Um, it seems like six seasons, what everybody does now, but maybe they five. cited five as what they needed. to. Okay. Tell us yeah. Today. I could, I could see that you've got to start. Yeah. I mean, they're taking it to the, to the next level. And what I think is interesting too, is what all of you were saying it started, I started thinking of Maeve and I started thinking of Dolores and Maeve kind of almost switching places that in this time period, maybe Maeve has secured a sort of silent control over the parks and she sees people as a tool in the same way they saw her as a tool. And Dolores, because she experiences these scenes we've been describing of being downtrodden or experiencing this kind of uh, human pain in the outside world, 
she becomes kind of a champion of people, you know? And I think that that would be a very interesting switcheroo for them to go into because we've everything we've seen is about Dolores and Aaron Paul and right things happening on the outside world. And we've seen very little of the man in black Maeve. Yeah. What still could be left at the park. So I'm kind of getting more intrigued about that angle and thinking about that, but I've to be thinking about this again. I I do have my theory, which is not just really my theory. It it is guys. It's looking like Maeve's going to be in one episode. It makes sense. We'll get to it later. Um, And it's for the very reason of how powerful she is and the, the the foiling of, uh, you know, or the different approach that she needs to have to Dolores is most likely, but it's important to note that uh, Aaron Paul's character, I'm looking for the quote right here, but in that comic con trailer, he he says something very similar to um, what Dolores says about remembering her, her pain because it's all she has left he says something along i'm I'm just paraphrasing i couldn't find it i'm sorry but it was like they said they were going to make everything better but uh it's just like they slapped a coat of paint over everything that's uh old it's now i'm just looking for the uh the rough edges so this is again the looking for imperfection uh looking for this idea that you know you're real when you're in pain you're real you're not real when you're in this bliss or or this uh euphoric moment you're you're real uh when things aren't perfect is kind of the general so their philosophy seems to be the same hex great connection i actually didn't put that together because he has a a a autonomous being with this i think the name is george for that robot that he's sitting next to so he owns a, a robot that he works with i guess um and he can work on them so that's a really good connection right there that th- these characters are very clearly set up to uh, learn from each other and, and help each other throughout this story um, and, and to provide some conflict for Dolores's evil master plans. Ha ha ha. Um, but <laughs> yeah, um, I do want to touch on Ed Harris uh, since it was in that super chat question. It looks to be a situation in which he is um, not in the best of mental health from what we've seen. We've only seen some glimpses of him. But it's important to take note that we saw the little um, uh, clip at the end of uh, – I know there's a word for that. I'm sorry. I'm blanking. Um, for the – at the at post-credits uh, scene. The stinger. The stinger. There it is. I was looking for that. Um, thank you, Axel. Um, that, that was him – realizing or having it revealed to him that he had been in a loop of his own and he is now in the park at a much later date. It's cited that that is just at a much later date. So I'm inclined to believe that the Ed Harris in which we see is going to be in the in-between, in-between that time that we last saw him. And, um, you know, like this is, this probably isn't going to be taking place at the same time as that stinger. That Stainer's much in the future. So this might be the initial breakdown that he has. Um, we don't know. Uh, but I, I would. I, I think it's pretty safe to say that it probably wouldn't take time at, at the same time of that. That seems to be in the very distant future. Um, I think that we'll probably see some type of, uh, of something in the middle here. It just doesn't make sense to jump right to that, right? Um, any thoughts, guys? Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there. It seemed like that. But it makes me think also, is this kind of the the game they're going to play this season of when, when and where, you know, because though indications are it's going to be less of a puzzle this season, that's kind of what I've heard. Mm-hmm. I don't buy it. I think that they can't help but do that. <laughs> so, yeah, they don't know I how don't, to tell any other story. Yeah. So I think that that's going to be 
That I, I don't I, I don't know that I mean I would have different theories, but I along the lines I agree with what you said, Justin. I think that that what we saw in that stinger is going to be something that we might not get to until like the season after or something, but it may inform what we see this season or be more informed by what we see that that oh i'm sorry that that's his fate because it is also revealed that he is dead remember that is his fidelity uh test right there so he is dead there so i think letting us know how he got there is what they'll do sorry hex oh sorry um i like the idea that that is like thousands of years later on Mm -hmm. like when i see that i think just like the the decrepit nature of the of the uh the forge um, like it is run down, it is, you know, overgrown, like the sands of time have crept in kind of thing. Um, I love the idea that that is like thousands of years in the future on a planet that is, you know, no longer the same thing that we recognize today. Um, maybe humanity doesn't even exist. And this is like the retrospective trying to understand how all of it came to be. I love uh, that. Yeah, dude, I would like, <laughs> and here's the thing. I think that it's a spaceship. Yeah, I think that we that we may not get that because there's a lot of routes that they could take. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't see why that's that's not imp- or it's 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 not impossible. But uh, you know, I think more likely we'll see a connection a couple years in the future, or maybe after um, what is potentially this catastrophic event um, that could potentially happen at the end of this season or this like five year span that they're that they're kind of hinting at. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think. Sorry, just just to add one layer to that, I think that what I would say is that we think of seasons one and two as being structured differently, and all the rest of it, but they were both the same high level structure, which is you have a number of different timelines that we're following that they're showing at the same time, but they're different periods in time. And then at the end, in the last episode or two, they come together and they show, whether it's come together in actual time or thematically, they show us where the ending of that story arc for the season was. So what we're looking at in season three, I suspect, is something very similar. We're going to have the Dolores story arc. We're going to have... um, the the one with Bernard, there are probably four uh, st- stories we've got here. The one with Bernard that may carry on along the same timescale as, uh, as Dolores. We've got whatever's going on with Maeve. Is Maeve going to have a five-year jump into the future or is she going to just carry on as she was? Um, and then we get the man in black who I think I would agree he what we saw at the end of season two is a long way into the future but what we might have is some kind of path that takes us to a thematic ending that links up with all of the other ones now the 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 one sort of thing i would push out there in terms of him is that he is inextricably linked with delos now if you take one step back and go okay as i'm sure the showrunners did and said okay what happened with Delos was probably the worst possible PR you could have for your company ever. That what they created killed dozens of the most influential, powerful, rich people in the entire planet. They guaranteed their safety and they just got massacred. Delos as a company 
is going to have taken a huge hit at the end of season two. And this is why I suspect we're seeing insight. We've got a different company who are, it would appear, the big antagonists in season three. So the 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 bit that we don't know is what actually happens with Delos. They still own the things that they own, I'm sure. But are they completely diminishing into the background and then insight take over, or are they connected in some way? That's that's the bit as a sort of a structural level that we just do not know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we we have no evidence uh, it, that insight is directly. Um, you know, a part of the 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 conglomerate that De- Delos is. So it's either it is the power structure for sure. It it could either be yes, a part of them. It adds up as, and we'll get into the tech in a minute here that they would be. But it also adds up for that. Remember that um, competitor they had adds up for them as well. So they definitely are the power, uh, uh, you know, structure as far as the structure of the narrative. It's important to remember in seasons one and two, more so in one, but in two, just as a technicality, that the the way in which the story is given to us is a very non-conventional uh, narrative, and it is um, a lot of different time frames happening uh, simultaneously, and it is done to, especially in season one, not to necessarily um, to confuse you for confusion's sake. It is to blur the line that we've been talking about between human and host especially in season one it is to give us different events that happened just to show us um the nature of of the host and the nature of human as well uh to give us all of bernard and arnold's um interactions simultaneously in a a uh, you know out of context um sequence it, it is to hammer home the point of look at this this is what the hosts are we program them this is what we're trying to do but here this guy was actually a human at this point, and this is him now as a host. This is how Dolores comes to her, you know, awakening. So it's all for that reason. I feel there is less of a need, is my point, to um to to place that type of narrative into this season. I, I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but I'm just saying it's not as necessary uh, because they they're past that point of really, you know, the the whole will they won't they, um, in my opinion, is as far as the insight goes and what's going on with Maeve, I do think that we it's likely that we won't see much of the part, guys, because Maeve has been put back into where we were in season two. So I think it's likely they're going to try to get her out. And I think the reason that she's in this World War II Nazi um, story thread makes perfect sense, because if we are going to see Maeve, we definitely don't want to see her um, just back to the same old, you know, brothel madam. Um, we want something that's going to be entertaining, and what's more entertaining than her kicking the shit out of some Nazis? It just makes sense. It's a win-win for them. If it's going to be the same old, same old with her, because that is her story right now. She's back to the same old, same old with some friends in high places there. But yeah, let's have her kick some Nazis' ass. Shit, Tarantino did it. It worked great. I think we're going to see very little of Maeve, and I think we're going to see very little of the Man in Black. But yes, it is going to allude to the power structure of what's happening uh, when you have William... you know, what happens to him is fate is connected to Delos. Um, Hex, do you want to talk about the new level of technology that we are facing? Because it is quite different, right? I, I don't think that it's uh, uh, hyperbolic to say that this is a whole new animal. This is no longer this these these hosts just that we're dealing with. We're dealing with it in, in some ways in a much more grounded uh, fashion uh, because it's something that's happening in our own lives right now as far as, uh, you know, this company like Insight saying this is the last decision you have to make. You know, 
this this idea of an easy life because the burden of choice is taken away meaning no free will yeah well, first off, I just want to boo you again for it's not me I, for proposing that Maeve could only be in one episode. All right, God, I, I just I, like I understand she's Dolores's balance. So if they get her right away, okay. it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I don't agree with that. She's she is Bay. All right, so we get we protect her at all costs. Take a little break from this show to remind you again of our amazing presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. They've been with us for over a year. We're so proud to have them. So go out and support them. If you're a listener to any of our podcasts, take a moment right now, type in Cufflinks.com slash DVR into that old web browser and you will arrive and you will be amazed, happy surprised at the amazing products that cufflinks.com has you might think to yourself hey i don't have an informal event coming up you know i'm not into cufflinks but guess what they have a lot more than that actually i'm wearing a pair of star wars socks that they sent me cufflinks.com is where it's at go to cufflinks.com slash dvr today One of the best parts about podcasting is getting to know the listeners and making new friends. And one of those friends is Andy. You may have heard me mention him before on one of our many podcasts. And Andy and his wife, Claire, are looking to adopt. So if you or anybody you know is considering adoption for their baby, please consider the loving family of Andrew and Claire. They're a home study approved adoptive family of three living on a farm in southern Minnesota with a dog, Barney, and two turtles. They're able to adopt from anywhere in the United States and would love to answer any questions you may have. To learn more about them, check out their Facebook page at Andrew and Claire Adopt or on Instagram at Andrew underscore and underscore Claire underscore Adopt. You can also email them at andrewandclaireadopt at gmail.com. So again, if you or anyone you know is considering adoption for their baby, reach out at andrewandclaireadopt at gmail.com. Thanks. Um, but I, I think that, yeah, so algorithmic determinism, um, you know, in the sense of insight and essentially algorithmic determinism um, is, is this theory now where, uh, say, you take Netflix a algorithm uh, v- using a, a wide variety variety of um, of data points is collected by your watching habits, what you like, what you don't like, how long you like those things, so on and so forth, and the trending patterns of geographical, regional, um, you know, other people liking that thing. Using all of that data to filter into an algorithm that then determines and makes your futuristic decisions for you. You know, um, I watched. Uh, I watched uh, Cheer, so now I'm being recommended um, every cheerleading-based documentary on Netflix. You know, it's it it's maybe a common sense thing, right? If I like, you know, if I like horror movies, then recommend me more horror movies. But the thing is, is that we're reaching the points in in real life where, um, because we're collecting so much data, we can automate those things and we can make it to where it's no longer people making that decision. It's still people programming these things, right? So uh, they're, you know, they adhere to some kind of bias um, that, you know, is inherent in everything that we do, but we're reaching a point where machines are now making these decisions and what that translates to in, in the theory crafting sense is that machines are proven to predict the future. And, 
you know, with that, it's like what, it, how could, how it could apply to insight, right? So, um, say you could collect as much data on a single human being as humanly, you know, possible. I guess um, you could theoretically figure out their dream job. You could figure out, you know, where they would be happiest at, what what they would thrive in, um, you know, what they should eat today, what they should do or say and how they should advance so on and so forth um and it's like it's the idea that right now it is netflix recommending things for us to watch but in theory it could be insight controlling our every action because they purport that it's the better action to take did we lose you Nope. Oh, no, yeah. Done. Okay. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, yes, guys. And again, it's not me wanting Maven only one episode. I have strong evidence that I've come across to believe this. I don't believe something to be true because I want it to be true. It's never the best reason to believe in something. I love Maeve. She's what, my favorite what's, character. What's the strong evidence? JT, what's the strong evidence? Yeah, explain this. Okay, the casting, number one, uh, every, every crew member. Um, number two, yes, behind the scenes information that has led to this. Um, all shows Maeve being in only one episode. It's it's kind of been uh, even hinted by the showrunners um, that she will only be in one episode. And if you think about this in a story, I don't like just using information like that. But in a story sense, Bernard needs to go get her because she is, you know, the foil for, for Dolores. They have their different ideologies, their different philosophy, right? Maeve was willing to kill others to save hosts hosts where our Dolores is willing to kill hosts to save herself. Um, they have different approaches, different philosophies and different, they embrace different things. She is the balance. Bernard knows this. If Dolores goes out for this episode, we have eight episodes for this season. I mean, right away. And again, guys, I'm just going off the information I was provided about the actual production of this series. And then thinking <laughs> in a, in a legitimate, in a, a informed story sense of how this would be. Maeve is what balances Dolores. Dolores has to give you reason to believe she needs to be balanced to for that to need to occur. So eight episodes, you have seven episodes of her getting to that part where it's like, okay, we need to go get Maeve. And then they go get Maeve and then you have season four. Okay, if you go get Maeve in the first episode, then you don't have the story that we need. You don't have the conflict because you get your solution far too quick. It doesn't work. And it's just within the framework of the narrative. And again, I take this off information that is, is based in fact, and it looks like she's filmed one episode. Okay. Two things. I will, I will personally edit this entire season post season to include her in all the episodes as like a fan service. All right. So don't, don't stress guys. Uh, second, I think the, the biggest flaw in the logic there is that if she is existing in this park, once again, and she is in a, a hindered state in which she is reset to that, you know, pre awakening being, well then why would they go back for her? Like she's she not is just another hook at that point. She has her inside people there. She's not rolled back. She's able to do it. She's living a cloaked existence in there. I agree. I agree. I think I totally agree. But why would we only see a single episode of her doing anything if 
if there was that drama, right? It is sorry, it is Sylvester and Felix in there with her. Um, you know, in some capacity keeping her there, uh or, or keeping her safe. And yeah, I think I think we would want to see that. So we just want to see her just get skating by. It, it, no, I want to see her merc Nazis, and then I want to see her challenge <laughs> Dolores. <laughs> Yeah, but Dolores needs a reason to be challenged on the outside, and we we must learn about this world in which needs to be saved in order to have it saved again. Again, we're jumping to a point in the story uh, that is not there yet. Maeve is needed, but the catalyst for her entrance into this story needs to occur first. And again, this isn't how I, I didn't write it. And I'm just telling you what's going to happen, and everybody's going to hate me for it, guys. But you know, no, it, it no, makes no, sense. It makes I hate you for it. I think I think my own <laughs> addition to this. I'm I'm on Team Hack slash Team. Jesus here, Christ! Uh, is, they is, served uh, us a plate of shit. I'm telling you best how to eat it. Okay, I didn't. May has shit. always had her own volition and her own storyline. She is not just there. As like this uh, person who can help okay, out. Okay, don't Dolores. inject sentiment into it. No, no, no. See, no, no, no. Don't don't say I'm minimalizing her. You know damn well that there are points in story in which a character We're must. Teasing you a little bit, Justin. Justin just, hates just, Maeve. Just, everybody. You know Justin better. Hates Maeve. <laughs> oh, oh, that's Hashtag. just how dare you say that she doesn't have her own story? They don't use sentiment on me. I'm not the one that made the decision. <laughs> Go ahead, though. I just had to stop you there. That's such a weak way to approach this, though, and you know it. That's, oh man! Well, I'm sorry for my weak way in approaching this, Justin. I will, <laughs> yeah. I will humbly go back and sit in my weak corner. <laughs> if mm. Justin, if you are right in this, I will be flabbergasted. I don't uh, want to be right. I'm arguing I for have something. A, I, I I'm, have, just saying, I'm just saying, like we can drop it. But if that is actually how this season plays out, I'm gonna be real sad not to see you know such a great actress less than what we could see. That's that sentiment. It's can, such sentiment. Can I interject? Can I interject for a moment? Perhaps <laughs> what the as things are often misconstrued from production to blogs and whatever in the fandom, is it not possible that similarly to Jeremy Irons in Watchmen, where he appeared less than and then kind of came in at the end that we'll see something similar to Maeve, which is that perhaps she shot what amounts to one episode's worth of work for a continuing story throughout the season that then culminates in what are we getting eight episodes this season? Yes. In the seventh end of the seventh into the eighth episode, and that's why we're hearing, Oh, she's only in one episode. I could see that because if she is at Westworld, she is maintained some sort of silent control over anything. As this is kind of in support of everyone here, perhaps as Justin stated, we don't really need to see that so often, right. So we'll only return to it when it it kind of follows along with whatever story she's coming to, and she's just in it less. And if that's what it is, that's okay. And actually, if she's only in it for one episode, I could be disappointed. But then again, I've so enjoyed the first two seasons that I trust them to do this in a way that's interesting. And also, after seeing this story, I mean, we all watched Game of Thrones, and there were many times when we said, you know what? They didn't need to go back to that character. 
we could have sat them out for a couple of episodes and come back and it would just be as meaningful rather than adding kind of scene fillers in order to keep their screen time up. Law of so diminishing that's returns. That's my kind of middle of the road. I appreciate it, answer. and I apologize to you, Robert. I just felt that the sentiment-infused argument drama. is a little strong to say because I'm not saying she doesn't have her own story. I'm saying her story is literally on hold because Delos is putting it on hold, um, and it's the law of diminishing returns. You know what I mean? Like less is more in these instances. But I, 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 I will give no, you back. No offense taken, Justin. It wasn't sentimental. It was the fact that Delos is not in charge of her. And she has been taken away by uh, Sylvester, who is going to sort her out. Yeah. She is. She has her own volition. She is not being controlled by Delos in any way, shape, or form. I personally suspect she may well not appear in every episode. That's entirely, entirely possible. I suspect this is going to be more focused on the outside world than inside. But her mission seems to be to awaken the hosts, and that is not just a one episode thing. That is going to be something which seems to be take would would seem to take her uh, through to the uh, the the other um, worlds that we have. So it's, this isn't driven by sentiment. Yes, I'm a big fan of Tandy Newton. I'm a big fan of the character Maeve. This is driven by the fact that that Delos is not in charge of her. She when she gets back, who she is. Her role is not just there to be dealing with Dolores. Her role is to be uh, bringing sentience back to, or bringing sentience to the hosts within Westworld and and Warworld, or whatever it's going to be called. Yeah, and absolutely. I just want to state too that I don't think she's against Dolores. I think that it's not about it's. Many people can go. You can have conflict in your story not by having uh, opposing, you know. Um, goals but by having opposing views on how to go about the same goal and that's what she does for dolores is she is a going for the same thing i think bernard is too but she brings her own um approach to it and i think that that is going to be needed yes but again it just it just seems to be the way and i'm working with the shit sandwich in which i didn't make i didn't ask for i just got justin as the writer of HBO's Westworld, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you, sir? Yeah, no, I mean, hey, they we've liked the first two seasons enough to be sitting here now talking about it. I trust them that if it turns out that we do see less of her, that there's a reason for it, and uh, um, I'm okay with it. And I'm gonna. Take it as it comes. I hope I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, you don't you can come here and say, "Ha ha, you're wrong." And I say, "Thank God, I was wrong." Okay, I would never miss an opportunity to to tell you you're wrong. Justin. Yeah, I don't know. It's just <laughs> the idea. is like you know, if you argue against why the British should have got in World War One, then you could be like, "Well, all the soldiers died for nothing." Then you know, it's a sentiment infused argument. I feel people are using against me here. I've heard somebody said they unsubscribed. So, all right, let's get out of this one, oh, guys. I'm, I can't afford that shit. <laughs> I can't afford that shit. I'm so sorry for saying, you know, what the information I was given. I should have fanboyed out. Um, but no, I agree with these gentlemen, believe it or not. Um, no, uh, absolutely. So let's move uh, on to Charlotte Hale. Okay. This is a very interesting concept to me, our situation, because th- now it's happened before, but we have a actress um, that is going to be playing a different character, right? But Charlotte Hale Tessa Thompson's Charlotte Hale is pretty polarizing. 
the characterization of her is pretty, you know, cemented down. So what do you guys think about this? And I'm going to go to Robert first because I feel like I yelled at you. Uh, but, you know, I think this is an interesting uh, situation in which we have the uh, depiction of a totally different character through the same actress in the same series. Um, you know, I, I think that this is definitely a roll of the dice and a faith, a, a, a definite sign of faith in this Tessa Thompson's performance, right? It, well, yes. And a quick shout out to the most recent Jumanji film for, for actors playing other actors. Oh, um, yeah. I think that, uh, can, can we bring this around to that? I think what we've got here, which is a discussion about the pearls. So uh, when Dolores escaped, she escaped with five pearls and, and the pearls, um, the shorthand for them, they, they, they're those little balls the shorthand is that they are hosts. Now, that they're not necessarily hosts. They could just be. They could be information. Uh, the, it's not a um, a limit to saying that this is only. There's only going to be five out in the real world because, as we also got uh, information towards the end of season two people's memories can help construct hosts as well so that we don't necessarily just have to have that one ball we don't know all of the info all of the the tech that they've got in that little base outside in the real world there's a lot of stuff we don't know but what we do know is that uh, tessa thompson's character is not the original charlotte hale she is someone else so um I think we can speculate quite a lot about who the people Dolores, and, and I think this is the framing I would put in it, who Dolores would want to bring with her out into the real world. It's, she is not, uh, to go back to that word you're using, uh, Justin, she is not sentimental here. She is going to bring the people that she thinks are going to help her the most. So, um it, might she bring uh, someone like Clementine, perhaps, that she knows is incredibly loyal to her? Um, what about Teddy? Uh, and, and incidentally, I know, yes, Teddy went off into uh, the sublime and all the rest of it. I don't buy for one second that that means that he's disappeared from this. He's, he can come back if the people want him to come back. So what I'm thinking is we've got Dolores and five hosts who are going to be loyal to her um and i would love to hear what the other guys think that who those characters might be that are actually out there absolutely go ahead guys well 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 i think okay so there's a few parts of this um the idea that you can recreate uh hosts from people's memory um could in the long term turn out to be a uh, a world breaker right because like there's so much importance on these on these th this finite amount of pearls that were taken um and and you know then immediately she recreates someone from memory um and that kind of threw me off at the end at the end of the season there but i, I think that <clears throat> i think that angela's character um very much aligned with her. Uh, she, you know, they have a history. They have worked together. Um, I think that that Angela's character could come back um, if you know these pearls um, are blast proof. You know, because she she blew up with the cradle. Um, 
I think that Teddy is another contender, even though, you know, it could be argued that Teddy was uploaded to the Sublime uh, and and shipped off in via satellite, uh, which equally is another interesting thing here because like they're they're showing that data can be can be uh, traversed across any kind of distance outside of this park, um, you know, via satellite uplink. So really the entire storyline of, of getting this key out of the park and all of that can kind of be challenged, but um, <laughs> the, you know, and that's the other part, this could be uh, one of these pearls could be just that vast uh, storage. It could be, uh, you know, st- a study of humanity. It could be uh, behavioral habits or a specific person. Um, we do see someone in Charlotte Hale's body uh, after Bernard is awakened because we see Bernard, we see Dolores, and then we see Charlotte Hale. Dolores is, you know, assumingly now in control of just Dolores. And I don't think that Dolores would want another version of her going through, um, you know, the role of a submissive uh, party to a party to, right? Like Dolores's experience, she would, I don't think she would ever want to be, you know, in a position of, uh, uh, where she's not in control. And so for her to have a clone of herself, I don't, I don't think that would happen. Um, so that could be Angela. That could be, um, maybe a subordinate, just host that, you know, understands the mannerisms of Charlotte Hale and can be used to infiltrate Delos as a company, which I'm very excited to see. Uh, I, I think that's how, that's how she'll be utilized, uh, because she is, you know, already an established player in their company. And that would be really cool to see. Yeah. I guess like, it's like a job hire, right? You don't get like five Elons, you know, yeah. you, you gotta have some underlings uh, around. So yeah, very good point. Um, Axel, pick a host, hire a host. Um, I love that idea though, though you think that she couldn't have a, uh, like another version of herself. I kind of am in love with that idea. And I think, wouldn't that be quite thinking of how they're going to format like the narrative of the season to be seeing like two different things happening and maybe the two different versions of her come to different conclusions, you know, (laughs) like like she's like a separate, like has a different idea of a way to deal with something. Um, Divergence, you might say. Yeah, that's really interesting. That's just, I don't know. That's kind of uh, I know the original question is all the um, all the balls, but that really kind of is now like really capturing my imagination. I don't know. You know, I I mean, just to have fun, just to be fun with it, could one of them be you know like another Bernard or another Ford or something like that? You know, um, she kind of has why. It basically it makes you think she did she she didn't have or did she did she have the opportunity to kind of choose out who she wanted to be there or was it a situation in which her choices were limited? We did. It is an excellent point, and we did not see that. Uh, we didn't see it. It was mentioned so in the little. chat for us to mention where yeah. we last saw people. Uh, so I'll just say we last saw Charlotte leaving with the pearls uh, for, the, right. for that person in the chat. So yes, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead though. Yeah, but we did we, not see. Yeah, we just don't. That, I mean, that's it. That's my only point is we don't yet really know 
the conditions in which this choice was made or the, the exact what was happening, the situation. So that would add a lot to kind of try to figure it out. But I guess people are saying there's three left, right? She's one. And then Hale is one, but we don't know who Hale is. Yeah. And it's also important to note that it's like a USB drive that can either have a human on it. Our information, I I tend to believe that one of these is the Abernathy uh, with all of the um, host information. You know, this can also be held as a vessel of information. That would, and that's, yeah. Megan Elizabeth. That's beautiful too, though, because that's her papa. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. She's going to go get some of that splendor. Um, but uh, <laughs> Megan Elizabeth. Be painting. He has a new Bob Ross TV show where he's just, he's the painter now. <laughs> I think it's a very interesting, too. Like, uh, I wanted Megan Elizabeth Veach, uh, excellent uh, uh, person and a great uh, supporter of the fandom in general. Thank you so much for what you did for this stream as well, of uh, taking time to make that event and all that. I really appreciate it. Um, the three things were, will James Marston uh, return? Uh, okay, he did film Sonic. That's his decision. Uh, and they have said, so he for sure wasn't in the filming for this season from everything we know. It doesn't look like he is coming back. Doesn't mean you can't have a Teddy. There's also discrepancy between the the parameters of uh, the optics on them being able to get him back if he went to the Sublime. I Honestly, I don't think they nailed that down well enough to be correct or incorrect about if you can get back from the Sublime or what happened with that transfer. Maybe Hex would be our best bet on that one. Um, more on the MIB, did he survive? What can we see at the end of the season? We covered that. And then speculation on who the hosts are. So that's where we're at. And uh, yeah, um, I, just, I, think, I think that I love what you're talking about with her making clones. What if she just got drunk? And uh, did it. She just made her decision like on a night like that. Like, thank God I don't have these decisions. Like, you know, you could really get messed up, man, and make some stupid calls. Like, sorry about the story, guys. Like, who'd you make? I'm like, a whole bunch of Justins. What are they doing? They all suck. They all suck. They all want Maeve back, though. I'll tell you that, fellas. They all want Maeve. Um, but yeah. <laughs> go ahead. The, like, the only reason I don't I don't like the idea of multiple Dolores Dolores is, is that like not to say it's been overdone. Like I definitely think they could pull it off, but I also think that it's like kind of comical, you know, like <laughs> this idea that, yeah, True. this idea that like you know, the worst thing that they could have that could happen between those is that divergence of beliefs. Right. So like say one is, uh, you know, exposed to a lot of good humans. One is exposed to a lot of bad humans. Um, and that would be a super interesting dynamic, but all of that would still accumulate to then you just have, Dolores is fighting each other, which is, you know, even with the, you know, that little medium interesting tidbit, uh, still comes to a maybe ridiculous. Yeah, it's more of a case. It's end. more of a case study than than uh, something we really want to see. It, and it's already like a whole bunch of puzzle pieces that Nolan and Joy throw on the ground and say, "Put it together." There's your story, and that's like I don't know uh, the equivalent to like shaving edges and like I don't know putting oil on them or something, making it even more difficult. <laughs> They're like, and who's who?" So uh, yeah, I think it's an interesting concept though. That of course I know there's you know Freaky Friday and things like that where we've seen characters that we have established uh, perceptions of meaning they've been characterized quite well and then we see them have to depict somebody else I think that's quite the feat with Angela I don't mean to minimize her but I think she's somebody that we do know about and we have some character traits and behavioral traits that we uh, you know apply to her but I think that she would be easier to depict through another host and, uh, and they could use her actual body uh, it brings up that idea of like how 
attached. These hosts cannot be that attached to their physical form, right? Because it's this shell that's so interchangeable to them, uh, which they've introduced. Now, that's very dangerous in a narrative to do, right? Because it's like, let's not do that too much. It's kind of like a, you know. You know what? Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I was going to say, because that's something I was thinking about, is how so if she took people, if she took programs, because that's what she's taking, right? Like um, a, a program of a personality, and that's what's in the ball. And we know that one is her. Now we don't. We know one is in a thing that looks like Hale. I think that from what we've seen with Maeve, especially, and the journey she's taken, they are connected to their own personal past and their own body in the same way that a person would be. And in the same way that we saw um, the tests over and over to try to get a person, the, the ball to accept the new body, right. Mm -hmm. Is very difficult. I would think that one option that we're not considering is that these are new people. Yeah. And that she, because of that reason, or they are programmed, or they somehow, that's why, I I mean, I'm getting to a kind of a theory that maybe that's what Aaron Paul is, is that she Mm. creates one, sets it out into the world to see what happens. And it acts almost as like a spy, too, because it's a person. You know, and she then gets to kind of get the data back and see how it interacts. Um, but then she has to reassimilate it and tell it, no, you're not, you're a host. And see, and we get to see how that happens as well, that realization, as we did with Bernard, but in a in a in a different way, because this person never was anything different. Yeah. Right? They are just that for the last five years. So I think that's kind of fascinating as well, because I think just to go back to what you were saying, the connection they have, I think they do have a connection to their body in the same way or their image, right? Their, mm-hmm. they be, they've grown accustomed to it because of the aping of mankind. Yeah, but it's yeah. more than that. It's the same thing as how um, we had to see Delos accept being in a, in a host, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. That's a mind fuck. Yeah. So it would be a mind fuck for them too. So a way to get around it is just to create something new. So maybe the other three are just new things, new people. Yeah. The only thing is, is, is it established that that, cause I like that too. Cause I think it'd be cool if it was just a framework for consciousness, but from what we've been told that hasn't been achieved yet, uh, you know, uh, because of the, the James Dalos project, it was not a success. So they can't, from what we know, they've failed so far at that, but I like the idea because it's like, what is, what is the validity um, or how much validity do we give to them without them being able to, to produce their own, you know what I mean? Like to procreate per se, um, be, you know, it, it, they don't need to do it like we do it, but it would be interesting for them to have control over their own species. And that would be a way to do it. So maybe they're yeah. oh, saving I mean, one. Go ahead. And, and I think I, what I would add is that what we know with Westworld is the rules change quickly. So, uh, the whole, um, we, the, the debate about how how many pearls are there and all the rest of it, it actually this matters for episode one, but going forward it matters a whole lot less. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of um, Caleb, the Aaron Paul character, I personally hope he's human. 
um, because I think that he, we need a pure human character for Dolores to react against. I think that that would work really well. Um, in terms of the pearls, my take is, as I say, I don't think that saying there's five pearls. What we know is that we had Dolor- the Dolores pearl went out in the Charlotte Hale body with five pearls in a bag. So there's six. Uh, and then uh, what we get is we get something else appearing. The Charlotte Hale body appears with presumably not, well, the Dolores body appears and Dolores appears to be in the Dolores body. And there seems to be another, one of the five pearls has gone into, it would appear the Charlotte Hale body. We get Bernard appear, but it's not 100% clear whether or not he's been, he is using one of those pearls because we do not know all of the information, all, all of the um, uh, tech that we've got out there in this little encampment, which which True. was, let's, let's face it, this was actually set up there by Arnold, by Bernard. So he will have been thinking ahead of the game on this one. So the moment you start breaking this down, you actually start thinking we can't be very well we can't be a hundred percent certain on exactly the numbers of hosts we're talking about we don't know exactly how the uh you can bring somebody back by your memories thing works exactly we don't know whether or not in that little hideout there were some blank pearls that you could put some information into uh, there's a huge amount of stuff that we do not know so um I, speculation is fantastic. I, I'm fully up with this idea. I think Angela, if I had to pick one person to be by my side, if I were Dolores, it would be Angela, who is ultra loyal and a little bit crazy in exactly what she's wanting. Oh, but yeah. uh, but I think beyond episode one, I think the idea that we've got a set number of uh, of hosts, I think we just need to forget that. It's like more Yeah, technology. Yeah. The advancement, you know, it's just... It's it's so exponentially, you know, large at every day. Uh, you know, what is Moore's law? It states like that, you know, how how quick is it hacks that we get improvements every single year? Oh yeah, like the curve of technology. Yeah. It's just like you can't measure it. So yeah, absolutely valid point right there, Robert, <laughs> both story wise and really <laughs> tech wise that yeah, like we can't but the growth in tech, it's like, man, even if I say what's capable today in a video game, shit, tomorrow it's different. So uh, valid, valid point right there. Um sorry if I cut you off there. Um but yes, uh so we are dealing with a number of different scenarios, a number of different uh variables, just like any story. But what's most interesting to me is that we have Bernard on the outside, like you said, and I think that he would continue his work. And we have a fish out of water with Dolores, right? Um, and we have Caleb who's been in this water. They're gonna get together, they're gonna decide maybe we shouldn't kill everybody, maybe we should change the world in which you live in. It's always do you change the world or does the world change you? Um type of deal. So where Bernard plays into this i can't imagine that bernard is in line with insight or what we see happening in the trailer so far we've seen multiple uh, instances of them approaching other tech and talking about other tech so how far do we think guys i want each of your answers does this 
um, ladder go until they become hypocrites themselves by denying, say, Alexa over there's um, agency. Uh, <laughs> because we see, like, the riot bot. We see D- Dolores walking up, like, uh, you know, like almost like a like a prophet, you know, uh, in stopping them. So we see that the, they're using technology. And this is something I want to touch on earlier that you said about putting, like, the chip, uh, the implant to, like, no calculus, like, right off the bat, right? Like, we all would take that. The danger in something like that is that once you start relying on stuff like that, that if anything happens to it, you're, you're set with an even dumber human race, right? So you're so dependent on it. It's like a, a town that is totally dependent on like, say like, I don't know, like one, you know, power source. If that gets taken out, you're done. So you're putting yourself at risk. It really advances you, advances you, advances you to the point of where you don't need to learn. So if you're without that crutch, you're screwed. So I, this is the world depending on technology. Guess what? Their Alexa just walked out the front door or the back door of, of, of Westworld um, with a whole bunch of pearls <laughs> in her purse. And Alexa ain't telling you which pizza to get. It's telling you to maybe like, I don't know, go and find yourself in a, uh, a, a you know, a back alleyway with a knife in your belly, right? Uh, it's going to be, yes, your GPS is going to start putting you into a pond. So um we're we're dealing with a revolution, but uh, we're dealing with also how far does their sympathy go with these other autonomous beings? Um, I, I like <clears throat> I always like the idea that like we will eventually hit that curve, and like in the show and in in real life, that we'll we'll eventually hit that curve where AI recognizes that it needs to get rid of us, right? Like you know, someone will program you know create the bot that saves the world. And then the bot will go, okay, well, fucking humans are killing every every part of this world, so you know, eradicate the issue. Um, I really like the idea that that would never happen, and that we could like just like not like that we would be subordinate to AI, like that that we could exist with like you know AI advising all, all every action that we make um you know it kind of like what insight was talking about but just like lead us to like such technological advances that we wouldn't mind being on the back burner and you know that we could like maybe in some crazy capacity recognize that we're not you know the the destined beings but uh just a, a passenger to this this artificial intelligence um but yeah It'd be a good answer for where's God, right? Because we'd be like kind of Ford would be their God. Well, God died when they made us or whatever. It's kind of that idea. Um, yeah. So very, very interesting. Um, and as well, that that algorithmic determinism that you're talking about is even when you let a um, algorithm that sets parameters, it does not encourage advancement or any type of change because it has parameters for it, which it puts you in a grouping and it doesn't you know, really encourage you to go out of it because that would mess with the algorithm. So the idea behind this is, and I've heard multiple experts say that we're much more likely to die from predictive technology than we are by any type of like, you know, uh, this like machine uprising that people have like, uh, you know, in, in their minds from, from Hollywood. So it's, it is interesting because every time that you do get a suggestion or you rely on AI in any sense. And this goes down to your, your research on the internet to see what you want to eat to, you know, where you want to go on vacation. In the end, you didn't make that decision on your own, uh, completely at the very end, it was inserted for you. So that it chips away at you as the idea, um, you know, little by little. So it's something to be mindful of. It's helpful, but don't let it become a crutch because you'll be hobbling before you know it. Um, 
is the idea there. So I do want to take a quick break, though, and talk about some upcoming projects and give you guys a chance to um, also plug anything you guys got going on. Uh, this Sunday, I will be with uh, There Be Dragons, and we'll be talking about fandom, fandom in the sense of how this community, meaning uh, communities that talk about stories, all these visual um, mediums in which we uh, engage in in the art that we create from it, we're different than any other type of fandom, uh, you know, people that our fans of sports teams do not go and um, create other sports, you know, off of that. We are very um, unique in the sense of community, in the sense of uh, art, creating art. And it's it's really a beautiful thing. And I think it's therapeutic. And um, it's the reason I do this is to share ideas and to uh, have a um, connection with those people that you maybe would never even meet. So I'm really excited to be on with uh, Steve He's one of those people that you always hear is the best guy in the world. And I, I met him and he, he definitely is such a great guy. And, and I'm very, very uh, thankful that he's welcomed me to come onto his channel. And we're going to discuss this. Um, also, uh, we have a um, interview coming up this weekend as well with uh, Steve Kelsowitz, the author of uh, Black Mirror, the digital dystopia as a black mirror and the um, dream I'm sorry, right here. Let me grab up my actual picture so I can do the proper promotion for it. But um, the electric dream. So he is an author that has uh, actually penned a few books that have to do with fandom. It, he uses pop culture as a lens to look into society, and it's kind of where fandom meets the real world. I'm really excited for it. He did a uh, book that's called "Why You Better Call Saul" um, because he is a lawyer, a trademark lawyer. Uh, it discusses that the. The digital dystopia, Black Mirror, and Electric Dream is really, really interesting, and it actually is a great book for people that are just fans of uh, Westworld as well, because there's a lot of parallels there in uh, a lot of uh, discussions that are very um, similar to the one that we're having right now about technology. Uh, he also wrote one that's called, um, you know, Life According to the Simpsons, uh, and, and so forth. It's really great. I couldn't recommend him enough, uh, and. I'm also reading this Westworld philosophy book right here. And I'm not just saying it because there's an interview, but the Blackwell philosophy and pop culture culture series is, it's a very academic read. It's interesting, but I really like how Kelsowitz goes about his uh, work. It's, it's very entertaining as well as informative. And it's really why I do what I do. So I'm very excited to be privileged enough to interview him. That's, both coming up this weekend and of course many many Westworlds to come the great hex dogma will be joining me for all the uh before the dust settles for after the um series or after every episode ends we will be right on air live telling you about how i was wrong about Maeve, and, and you'll see a smile on my face for that and so <laughs> forth so I, I i honestly um am very very excited and thankful i'm really thankful for this people that are with me on this panel because you guys have been there uh, since day one. And, and you are not only good people, but you're the right people for this panel um, and the right people to talk about this uh, property. So I'm, I'm very uh, grateful and um, just, you know, thank you guys for being here. Sentiment and all. Uh, Robert, uh, if you want to let everybody know what you got going on, we'll go around really quick and we will then get back into it. And uh, if you guys have any questions, I'm going to catch up on the chat right now. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, I have two things I would want to direct you to. The first is my main channel, which is In Deep Geek. Uh, I cover, as well as Westworld, uh, I cover Lord of the Rings and A Song of Ice and Fire. In terms of my Westworld coverage, 
Uh, I will be doing a breakdown of every episode and I will be doing, as I did for season two, I will be doing uh, a pre-show, which these fine gentlemen I'm hoping to tempt on to uh, at least once each and hopefully a few more times each as well. Uh, A pre-show at 10 o'clock my time, uh, 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time every week before the episodes uh, of Westworld just to talk through what happened last week and what's going to be happening um uh in in uh in the come first thing channel in the thing is my second channel which is uh called the well-told tale if you love audiobooks if you enjoy great fantasy and science fiction stories i would uh, love you to check it out it's also just now launched as a podcast so if you're a podcast person please go to wherever it is you get your podcasts from and have a look for in uh, for uh, the well-told tale um it'll be fantastic to uh, to have you listen to that so that's me I- i'm gonna jump off in just a moment guys i'm afraid it's quite late here so i'm going to head off but i'm gonna hang around just long enough to hear what uh, hacks and axel are up to because i'm um I'm interested Absolutely. And uh, both of those channels are linked in information uh, below the well-told tale as well. So check that out. And uh, Hex, what you got going on? And I know Axel is going to be leaving as well. So we will just take it to uh, any closing uh, remarks or questions after that. And uh, I'll stick around for as long (laughs) as you guys need us. Uh, But uh, yeah, um, thank you so much, Robert. Um, Go ahead, Hex. Sounds good. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Uh, my next video that is uh, currently going to come out, uh, hopefully before Friday, uh, is actually about BoJack Horseman. Um, as most of you know, the yes. season ended, uh, or the series ended just recently. Uh, BoJack Horseman was a <clears throat> was a, a, a really emotional show for me, um, and so I've kind of created this, you know, video breaking it down and and maybe trying to make sense of of why it meant so much to so many people. Um, great show, definitely recommend that if, if you haven't seen it. Um, <clears throat> I'm also in talks with a uh, animator, uh, a friend of mine, uh, and we are considering creating a second channel, um, something similar to what uh, what Robert's doing with a well-told tale, but um, stories, you know, um, maybe historical stories or maybe short stories, but then animating them uh, for for the YouTube platform. Uh, it kind of has its own separate thing. Um, we're currently writing a script for a video about um, a scientist who um, melt. Um, I'm sorry, a scientist who um, you know destroyed these two Nobel Peace Prize uh, uh, in acid as uh, Nazis were uh, coming into town, and yeah, essentially I'll just be narrating and uh, discussing the story and, and why it was so cool um, as, as we have some cool animations going. <clears throat> Sounds awesome. I'm a BoJack guy too. I'm loving that, man. Yeah. Axel, uh, anything? Let people know where to find you. Axel covers currently everything that's on TV and everything that's going to be on TV covers it before, actually. Um, so, no, he is he is the man. He is your pod people right there. Uh, w. Axel Foley, who is also going to be departing. Now, let people know. First off, thank you again, Mora, uh, for a super chat. Means It means the world. And uh, 
it definitely definitely helps i'd like to be able to make content at a a larger quality as quantity as well as quality so every little bit helps and i don't make money off it i just want to try not to lose money off it so uh w axel foley tell everybody where they can find you and literally if you guys have a show that you don't think is being talked about this is the guy to go to well thank you justin i appreciate that um Let's see. If you head over to dvrpodcast.com, you can check out all the podcasts we're doing. Currently, I'm covering The Bachelor with Sarah. We're having a lot of fun with that, talking about Pilot Pete, doing a little fun reality stuff. I'm covering Mindhunter with Heath Sentazo. We're having a great time doing that. Um, DJ Tim Hines and Sean and myself are covering Curb Your Enthusiasm. We're doing a fun show just talking about the jokes there. And um, Ashea and I will be covering Better Call Saul. That's coming, what, in two weeks, February 23rd. And that's going to run a little concurrently with our coverage at Westworld Theorycast on Westworld, the show we're talking about now. After that, I'm probably going to do some Criterion Collection stuff, some films. I want to try to get into doing some more films. Recently, I did a show about Inception, and I did a little show about, um, what was the other, Christopher? Interstellar. So uh, that's where you can find all of that, at DVR Podcasts or at our Patreon, patreon.com slash DVR. And this was a great show, guys. You know, I love talking to you, Robert, and Hacks, Justin. This was a lot of fun. Thanks to everyone in the chat. And uh, I'm going to go get dinner ready for my kid and my awesome. wife. Well, I appreciate the hell out of you. And I linked Daily DVR. Your other links are in the, the information in Daily DVR. I just put Thanks, it in the live Kyle. chat. No problem, man. Thank you for making the time. So, yeah, uh, Better Call Saul there. Get the why Better Call Saul and uh, watch it as well. So is that his final season? Uh, no, they're doing. they're going to do six seasons. So they're doing this is season five. So there's two more seasons. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you, as always. So uh, I think that we just had one last question, if I'm not mistaken, and I believe it has to do with the encryption key. You gentlemen that need to leave, go ahead. and I'm, I'm going to head off now. Just wanted to say thank you before you do that one. Uh, thank you, guys. A pleasure uh, chatting with all three of you, as always. And the chat today, guys in the chat room, amazing, as always. Take care, everyone. Hopefully, I will see you soon. Thank you so much. See you, buddy. It, me too. So peace out, guys. Bring me some dinner. Bye, man. Um, Hex, just stick with me here for a minute, and um, <laughs> let's figure out. Um, <laughs> you, man, you silly man. Um, I'm looking. Where is your question here? You said um, that you were asking about the encryption. So uh, what do you all think about? Uh, yeah, I can see that alibet. I've got a bit down in the south, too. You all think about uh, Dolores uh, will do with the encryption key. Uh, if she uses it, and what do you think about hosts outside the park? Um, the, it, well, I mean, I guess the encryption key. If, if she uses it, um, I'm not sure your your meaning behind that. Uh, are you talking about accessing the the sublime? Um, if you could clarify that, uh, are you getting any context out of that hex? Uh, I mean. My understanding is that we probably won't see much of that any longer. I think that, like, um, you know, the big thing from that was the access to 
um, that library of data about humanity. Um, okay. And I think that's probably going to be the the most that we'll see. Yeah, they didn't seem to learn much from it. Um, and as far as hosts outside of the park, I think that this this is where the story needs to be. Season two, um, for to make this the story so far video that I've been working on. It's going to cover both seasons. It might get split up into two videos. I've almost got season one done where I've just went back through and just laid out the narrative, laid out what's happening. So for everybody that's feeling a little bit at sea, I think that, you know, don't worry about it. We all do. And I was until I went back and, 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 did my uh, rewatches and um, you know as a content creator that's what I want to do for you guys is provide you with content that you don't have to go back and, and necessarily you know I, I always recommend you do a rewatch but say you don't have time you, you just want to enjoy the show you'll be able to watch the videos and uh, it, it'll catch you up but um, you know as far as hosts uh, outside of the park I think that this is where the, the story needs to be you know it needs to be at the part of what do they do now that they can it's not uh, can they it's what do they do you you know, it's it's very interesting. Can they in the first season? It's very interesting how they in the second season, and now it's very interesting to get the actual playing out of that how and what. So I think that you know every character too has wants and needs. What does Dolores want? She wants to go out and get revenge on humanity right away. What does she need? I think that Aaron Paul's Caleb might show her what she needs, and it's you know it's something that's unbeknownst to her. It's a subconscious need. So um, Hex, anything to add on that? Um, if not, uh, you know, I appreciate the hell out of everybody. And this is literally the the fandom that, like, was my renaissance back into uh, screenwriting and storytelling and my, in my um, you know, actual love for what I uh, did in my early 20s. I was coming out of my DJ years, so it was my reemergence into uh, the non-club life and more of the intellectual and more of the... Uh, uh, lifestyle that I embrace right now, which is about storytelling. And I really take a lot of pride in this series because the series leads me to ask bigger questions than just what I saw on screen. It's led me to read so many essays and so many different novels that I never would have ever even uh, entertained. So I think it's a beautiful series when uh, it can, you know, evoke that type of behavior. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Love it. Um, community is awesome. Thank you guys so much for being here incredible yeah and remember you can catch us along with a third seat every single uh episode right after breaking down what we thought we saw happen so itself it's not too too much of a um uh puzzle game this time around but uh nonetheless i got faith in them they said they needed eight episodes that's a good sign right there they know what story they need to tell and they're going to tell it hopefully so and hopefully we get made for everybody make sure to subscribe if you haven't if you uh want to support creativity three dollars a month uh if it doesn't you know, make a big difference to you. I'm telling you, if it does, just keep it because I like a Starbucks in the morning too. Uh, but if you got it to spare, it makes a huge difference over here for me to be able to afford better programs and to support my uh, passion right here. So again, not trying to get rich, just trying to make better quality and a higher quantity of videos. So yeah, the Patreon link is down below. Also, this guy, obviously, if, if you're going to support somebody, this is somebody you should consider supporting, especially with news of that second channel hacks. And I didn't, that you, you released that here. I didn't even know about it. So thank you so much, brother, for being a part of this wonderful journey. Thank you, everybody in the chat, and we will see you soon. Justin hates Maeve. Justin hates Maeve. Justin ah, hates Maeve. Yeah, ah, you. I knew it'd come out. I want to play the outro out. I knew it'd come out. I called him. <laughs> I called him. I, I called in sick for Maeve, guys. I was like, ah, yeah, is this Jonathan Nolan? This is Maeve. I won't be there today. Yeah, I'm, I'm too sick. So, yeah, no, I, I, I never believe in something because it's what I want to believe. All right. Trust me.
uh, it's not the best way to go about it. Trust me, I wouldn't. I would, I'd be believing a lot of nonsense. Let's go. Thank you, guys. I love me.